Hello and welcome to another This Is The Music Meets podcast. I'm delighted to be joined by the lead guitarist of indie powerhouse The Publics, who are based in Mansfield in Nottingham. The Five Piece have recently released their latest single, Marathon in Hills, which has gone down a storm with fans and critics alike and seeing the band hit over two and a half thousand streams on Spotify since it was released. Elliot, thanks very much for coming on the This Is The Music Meets podcast today. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm amazing. Like I say, we haven't done a podcast in ages, so it's nice to talk. We did one just before the single released, so now it's been out and people have heard it. Quite nice to come and talk about it really, yeah. Fantastic. It looks like you're in the um in like the rehearsal space there. Is that in preparation for the um for the gigs at the weekend? Yeah, we've done one gig this year, sort of a warm-up things that was in Manchester. It's actually the first time we played, but that was in January. So we haven't been together, all of us, you know, in ages. And we've just bought a keyboard. So our keyboard player finally has a keyboard, which is <laughs> <laughs> very helpful so yeah we've been in here all day really just churning songs out getting new stuff ready so yeah come friday saturday hopefully we're all good <laughs> fantastic sounds amazing that what you what you're all up to at the moment so um just before we we sort of get on to the um uh, the new single and, and and the gigs and everything so obviously as you know here at this is the music we like to um champion new bands and and solo artists obviously like like the publics is there anybody at the moment that's been catching catching your eye or, or someone else in the band at the moment? So massive or quite small artists, what would you are? Yeah, very... kind kind of like the new sort of the new artists, really. But obviously, if there's a if there are bigger bands that are you know more established bands, maybe that are, that are caught your eye, then yeah, go for it. Established bands, you know, the ones we're listening to at the minute, because um, we're quite close to Sheffield. Reverend Makers are like our they're our dream band to kind of play with. There up there but um newer bands we've there's a group from chesterfield called mimosa we've taken them with us to nottingham and they're coming with us to newcastle so you know got to give them a shout out and yeah we'd, we've got a few of us joining us i think motherland in newcastle and then jungle land which is confusing in um in nottingham so yeah we we haven't really you know had many supports of us in the past but this is our first set of proper headlines so It'll be good to meet people from there, really. Yeah, definitely. It sounds um sounds very exciting for, for you guys. And um, I'm a uh, like yourself, massive fan of uh, of Reverend and the Makers, a fantastic band, especially you know when they're at the festival as well. They always seem always feel that's the start of the festival when they do their you know sort of early early afternoon, late evening, you know early evening slot even. Um, and, and Mimosa as well. I'm a, a massive massive fan of them. So um, yeah, great way, great couple of great bands and a great way to start the show. So obviously we said there in the intro, uh, obviously the publics are um, are a five piece. Um, yeah. So obviously, can you let the listeners know who the other band members are, um, and and obviously your own role, but also as well what what their roles are as well. Yeah, so it's not always been the case. Um, we've had a few lineups um, over the years, but we never really had, you know, we had commitments and stuff, but it was never kind of grounded. So over lockdown, we lost a couple of people, and it was just myself and Josh, who's the front man. And um, he met our bass player, Ewan, through university. And then as a like, last resort to find a drummer and get us together, we messaged our guitar teacher 
And he, um, he found us this lad, James, who he used to play with. And since the two of them have come in, like they've been incredible. So we had a ground there. And then over lockdown, we, um, we wanted to record a new single. And I just really wanted some female vocals. And when we were back in college, so when we were like 18, we were teaching music to some younger students. And one of my sister's friends, Ebony, was in that group. And at the time, she was really young. And obviously knowing her through my sister, I got her in to just do some vocals. And the producer was like, you've got to sign her type thing. Like, so she's been with us now. She's just turned 16, so a year already. But yeah, it's been incredible. Obviously having someone that young come in with new members, they've all took her in great type thing. It's a bit of a weird dynamic having you, like four older lads, like you'd imagine a band, and then this 15-year-old girl. But she's took to it incredibly. And yeah, it's gelled really well. Fantastic. And uh, it's a very, really, really sort of interesting um, backstory there as well, how you, you know, how you all came together. But um, obviously I think you can, you can hear already on that, on, on Marathon in Hills in, in particular, obviously, that um, how, how well, how tight-knitted uh, obviously you, yeah. you've got together in, in, in such a, uh, like a short space of time. So out of, out of, and uh, I'll, I'll ask for the, on the other, really more aimed at the other four members of the band, which one would you say, um, is like the practical joker, um, the one person that, that everyone else is constantly wondering um, what their next trick or, you know, what, what they're going to get up to next. James is, is about a doubt wins that. Um, when he joined, he just turned 18. And obviously being in lockdown, he was at the age when he could start to do stuff and go out, and, but he'd never had that. And obviously myself, you and Josh being older, coming out with us, it's just been... He's always like a few steps behind. But things like he came to us, I think it was the second practice, and he was like, I've signed up for team first dates because I thought it would be funny. So he's been on national TV. Just honestly, I could not tell you what he's going to do next. Like, he's crazy. <laughs> More yeah, than I, laugh at him than I laugh with him, person, but you know, it's been amazing for us and everybody. Even though he's the drummer and he hides at the back on these small stages, he's the one getting recognised and people come up to him. Uh, massive, long, curly hair. He, he stands out, so, yeah, I'd say him. Can't miss him. We'll, uh, we'll come on to that, um, the, the first <laughs> dates, uh, a little bit <laughs> in a little while later on. Um, so one of the things I've been quite curious about is how did you get the name, uh, the Publix? Um, so it, it's kind of a bit weird, actually. So myself and josh started the band at school with a couple of other people and we actually went to private school so this type of music at the time wasn't you know the norm there yeah and i was josh played in lots of music because he had a scholarship and stuff so he was always in and around but i just liked music and wanted to play the stuff i liked yeah and when we started it was quite hard to kind of practice at school not that they weren't supportive but because there was nothing there for it yeah, and when we sure. came to a name, we just didn't know. Like, we wanted the name to be about us. So someone went, why don't you have the privates? And I thought, that sounds terrible. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't want it to be, like, obvious. So we were, obviously, it's technically public school. So we went from there because it's a bit weird. Most people in, like, this scene are kind of, you know, they play together because they know each other from the streets and things like that. They live locally. That wasn't the case with us. And yeah, so it's just from that really. Oh, 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 I really like that. that's a you know pretty 
well, uh, it's a very catchy name, I think. Anyway, it stands out, and um, a great, great little backstory there as well to, to how to how you got there. So, obviously, the new single, um, "Marathon and Hills," as we mentioned earlier, with the you know two and two and a half thousand streams on Spotify, and and it was uh, it was a former uh, "This Is the Music" uh, song of the day as well. It's a it's a fantastic song, and if you haven't heard it yet. Um, then once you've got to the end of this podcast, I highly recommend you you go and put that on. Um, so what was what was like the inspiration then behind behind the track? Um, so how we kind of write the songs is I'll sit there with an acoustic and just play around with just some basic chords and then the lyrics. And once I've got some lyrics I think are good enough, it kind of goes to Josh first and he can play kind of every instrument. It's just unbelievable so he gets his head around it and then it goes to the rest of the band right the way this one started was basically i got covid so i started talking just playing around with this idea of what i was doing you know before i was locked in my bedroom and just this idea of someone walking home in heels just had a nice ring to it yeah once i I, kind of once i've got my main line and what i know is quite quirky the whole thing just kind of goes around that. The main, it was more rather than the lyrics being the focus. I just knew I wanted a song that had keyboard because having Ebony, who's amazing, she'd just been backing vocals. I was like, we need to use what she's got. Yeah. So adding sure. those synth parts and making it a bit more dancey, I think I thought then when we released our first single as the five piece, it would be distinct and people would know, wow, they've changed. So that was the focus. Just make a statement as a, this is a new band, not this is someone carrying on trying to drag something out that's already dead, really. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, when when people go back and obviously listen and we'll come on to some of the other songs in in, in a little while, but I think you can definitely hear um, that you have sort of tried to progress, but it is a, yes, it's a new, uh, not a new band uh, in, in essence, but you are all very tight and it sounds like you've been playing together for yeah. for, for quite a while. If, if Hopefully that comes and makes some sort of sense. <laughs> we, didn't want to, yeah, we didn't want to change the formula too much because we thought, you know, we've got something going. We just wanted to add to it. And I think we kind of, you know, hit the nail on the head with that one. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't couldn't agree with you more, to be honest. And um, you mentioned the synths in, in the song and, and I, I really like that. It just, you know, keep, keeps you sort of guessing as to what's coming next. But sort of gives the song a, a sort of a you know a, a, a unique um you know feel about it as well you know rather than you know just your sort of standard you know guitar drums bass yeah. vocal you know type thing so yeah great great stuff so obviously you've um, just just mentioned quite a little bit there you've you've released five singles to date um plus uh one ep um, which was back in 2019 that's the same ages ago now doesn't it uh, which was called first impressions um have you got a personal favourite um, from what's been released to date? Um, I know it's a classic answer that everyone gives, but I've kind of got favourites for different things. I think personally, my favourite that I've written is Rose, just because I think the lyrics, they're very dark in the sense, but it was written, it was kind of a, a good message. So I think that's the one I'm most proud of for that sense. Like you say, Art of War, again, it's just, I think the music really stepped up on that one. So that was kind of, was bridging the gap. And then Marathon and Heels, obviously, 
we played that before we released it and we just knew like i really liked it i think we used all of our strengths really well in that one yeah, so, yeah i've got a, i like obviously i love them all they've all got a soft spot but yeah they'd be my three favorites really brilliant stuff so is there um is there one um probably you kind of answered it but is there one that maybe you think is going to go down um like really well like live or, or maybe a bit better live than, than some of the others it always surprises us because when we play live the ones that don't necessarily get as many streams get more like from the crowd which is really strange to us obviously you know was that kiss meant to me when you play that like out the speakers and just on spotify and things it's catchy it gets your attention yeah but when yeah. we play night and shining armor live it's more soft it's more beatles-esque but everybody sings it back it's one of those songs that even if you're not enjoying it, it annoys you so much that you join in. So it always means we fill the room with it. It's, it's always, it's kind of a secret weapon in that sense. Even if you don't like it, you'll go home and you'll be singing it after seeing us. So yeah, that one live is quite special at the end. Fantastic. And uh, it must be a, a massive, massive buzz when you're up there on the stage and you've got not just not just that song but but any song i guess for that matter it's like singing it back like it's just a chorus or, or whatever it may be must be a massive buzz for, for you and for, for you and the rest of the band it's always scary especially at night because we kind of we get to the end of the song and we hope that if we cut out people will sing back luckily we've never had it when nobody has <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah that... <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's always nervy but yeah when people like you say sing the lyrics back it's really it feels weird in a way so obviously i can imagine people listening to it and when we sing it to each other it's normal but when you when it's people you've never seen before they're not like your friends or anything they've just come because they've heard your music it's a weird like feeling even if it's just two people never mind you know hundreds or whatever yeah sure sure so you've um you obviously before before we started you uh you mentioned obviously you guys have been in um, the rehearsal space today, obviously getting ready for the um, for the gigs at the weekend. Um, you're obviously playing um, at Network in Sheffield and Head of Steam, aren't you, up in, in Newcastle? Um, but And then looking a little bit further ahead, you're obviously playing at, at Rough Trade as well in, in, in May uh, in Nottingham. Um, and you've obviously got some gigs um, as well in Stoke and uh, Sheffield as well in July. Um, so what... Um, What's the mood like in the public's camp um, ahead of those gigs? Oh, we were very nervous for you know the first three we've got coming up, mainly because I'm in my final year at uni. Evan is doing GCSEs. There's kind of a lot coming these next couple of months. Yeah. And it was a case of have we got as much time as we thought? But yeah, after today, I think there's just been a real buzz. We've been. Yeah. I've been showing everyone the stuff that me and Josh have had for a while, waiting to bring the full band into, and they took to it within like an hour or so. So we're excited because we're going to play new songs. That's always fun. But yeah, we've not really had much since the end of last year. We had a big headline in September, but again, people didn't really understand because we've not brought you know music out that it was a new band. So I think these yeah. set what's exciting is people have realised all oh, these. I've sorted it out and it's different so i think the people coming will be expecting a lot more which again brings a bit more nerves to it yeah sure definitely so i mean obviously out of it must be difficult probably to pick to pick maybe one gig but are there any in particular that, that maybe mean a little bit more 
a little bit more to you. I mean, I'm guessing obviously you guys from from being in in the Nottingham region that that playing at Rough Trade must be one that 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 stands out. It's kind of a bit weird actually because although we're a Nottingham band, none of us actually live sort of central Nottingham. So <laughs> right, we okay. think people from all over the place. Like we ourselves are from Mansfield, which obviously it's it's 30 minutes from Nottingham. We just class as that from you know postcodes and stuff. But yeah. So Newcastle, Josh and you and go to uni there. So again, excited for that because you know there's hopefully lots of students and lots of people we know going. Nottingham's always good because our family and people will come. But again, we were supposed to Nottingham and Sheffield. And then personally for me, being from Stoke on Trent, that's the one I've been like knocking on the door for ages. I've been wanting to get out there. So I think they're nervous, but I'm excited for that one. Fantastic. Sounds sounds a very um, busy time. And um, for, for people that, that, that haven't, I mean, maybe it's, it might be difficult for you to answer this, is it's going to be sort of one of the first... Uh, sort of run of gigs that you've you've done really as as the new five piece, but for people that haven't um, managed like myself that haven't obviously managed to catch you live yet, what what are they, what are they going to expect from um, from a live gig? Um, our my philosophy that I've pitched to everyone since day one is even if we're on the world's smallest stage and we don't fit, I want us to play like it's our final night at Wembley, and I think they've talked to that pretty well we kind of start the set with really heavy get your attention songs yeah and as it goes on i'm a massive fan of catfish and the bottleman so since day one i've been grounding in i want atmosphere i want lots of layers yeah but do that and to do that effectively you've got to catch your audience so yeah it's kind of we kind of want to tell a story with how the set goes like i say it starts fast heavy by the end hopefully everyone will be singing along with us Brilliant! Sounds like a great night, and um, I think when you um, when you make it down south toward the, in the London uh, Essex region, I'm definitely going to uh, jump on board and, and and come down and experience uh, one of your one of your gigs. It sounds a great night to me. Yeah, we want to get down south. We really want to do London because we've got a few you know, friends and family just around there, and everything we've done so far has been like up north. But yeah, this is the first set that we're moving out of Nottingham. So hopefully if these go well, we're looking at Manchester and then obviously further south, like you say, London and places like that. That's yeah. the next step. But yeah, we've got to get these ones right first. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Sounds a very, very great, great plan that you've got there. So how um, how do you personally prefer to listen to music? Are you, you know, do you like the physical copies, you know, like vinyl or, or, or CD? Um, or are you more of a, you know, sort of streamer um, or, or downloader? I do have I do collect vinyls and have vinyls, but I'm a definitely stream first person. When new albums come out, I'm not one of these who just picks a few songs. I have to listen to it top to bottom. Yeah. And then if I do really like it, I'll then get the vinyl. Um but yeah, I just my problem is when I listen to stuff, I do pick up things that I would do when I'm playing. But luckily, unlike Josh, I don't really have that much music knowledge. So I'm just listening for things I like. And I try not to be too critical. I try to just enjoy it the first time. And yeah. then you nick bits and use that for ourselves. Is kind of, <laughs> that's always what you've got to look out for. Which bit can I rip off and put into a song? That sounds cool. We'll use that. So you've got, you've got to be like that, I guess. <laughs> 
love that. That's brilliant. I mean, and what about um, obviously at the moment, um, your releases have obviously been streaming and, and, and download. Would that eventually be something that you'd like to um, to maybe you know like the route you'd like to go down? Maybe getting a, a vinyl or, or or a CD release out, or are you just quite happy for for it to to stay on on you know sort of like almost like I guess ease of ease of access I guess in in, in one way. Vinyls are definitely an end goal. We want to get there, but we want to make sure that what we're putting on the vinyl, we think deserves, you know, a place on someone's shelf, it deserves to be on vinyl. And we're working towards something that will hopefully be there. But for now, you know, streaming has its ups and downs, like everything. Obviously, we can reach everyone anywhere in the world. Obviously, like you say, the downside, so can everybody else. And it doesn't really, you know, pay that well. Mm-hmm. But that's not always been a problem to us. We do, we are looking at CDs now. I just think it would be nice to, you know, if you do come and you enjoy the gig, we can at least, you know, hand something out with the good songs we've got so far on. And then I think when we then move to vinyls for something, we'll be able to see the progression. Yeah, sure. Definitely. Sounds sounds great. So if you uh, if you had a musical time machine, um, what era of music would you like to be transported back to? Again, I think everybody in the band would answer this very differently. James is very old school. He's very Beatles, Pink Floyd. So he'd be hanging around with those type of people. Yeah. Um, Josh, again, he's probably a bit newer. He'd probably be like mid-2000s around Arctic Monkeys yeah. and that type of sound. And then myself and you, and we'd probably be somewhere between the 80s, 90s. So kind of like 80s pop synth music and the 90s dance started. But then obviously also, yeah, Oasis and people like that. I think that was just a really good time with a lot of variety. And so yeah, it'd all be different, but that's good for when we come to writing songs. Like you say, everyone pinches things, but we're pinching things from all different eras, all different genres. and. When you then mix that together, I think it's good and it doesn't just mean we've copied a certain band or a certain song. Yeah, sure. Sound, sounds like a great mix and and totally get as well where you're um where you're coming from there with that. So if you were um if you were putting on a musical festival, um, which five bands would you be looking to add to the bill? Again, if everyone else was in the room, this would be a riot. Everyone would be <laughs> So I'll have to say this is my five and not the band, because if not, they'll have my head on a stake. Yeah. Um, are we allowed every, forever time, or has it got to be colored? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah just whoever, whoever you want, Beatles it doesn't matter. Headlining. I think it's criminal if I don't pick the Beatles. So they're up there. Um, again, Catfish and the Bottle Men have just been everything from learning to write music, so they're on the bill. Reverend and the Makers, again, they're our dream support slot. We just think the dynamic, the energy, they're on there. Then I'm assuming you'll come to this, but the ratings, they've done, it's something so little, but it's done so much for us. Mm-hmm. And we've listened to them since they started. So um, they're definitely on there. And then um, I don't really know for the fifth and final slot. Obviously, Arctic Monkey's an obvious answer. But um, I think since Ebony's been in the band, people like Wolf Alice, you yeah. know, kind of showing her that you can be a girl in this genre, it's not different. And 
she's been using Rev and Wolf Alice and then combining that with people she knows like Olivia Rodrigo. So I'd put them in because I just think they're amazing at what they do. Yeah, absolutely. I Five fantastic choices there and um, uh, I think that would make a, a great festival f- 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 fantasy lineup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so who, um, you, 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 um, sort of with the last answer there that you've given, you, you've sort of hinted a little bit at, at the answer to this next question, but who who are your musical inspirations and, and, and why would that be? Again, for me personally, coming from like a songwriting point of view, so just like lyrics and chords. So Van McCann, Catch and the Bottleman, and then The Killers, they're kind of my two who are mixed together because I just think the two bands are just incredible at telling a story through a song and energy. And I, I can't wait to see The Killers live. I think they're just really good at getting their point across. But in a quirky way, they're not, you know, just very generic with their words. And yeah, they're my two biggest, I'd say. Brilliant. Great. Brilliant, brilliant choices. Can't, can't again, can't disagree there with, with what you've said about either either of the two bands. Brilliant, brilliant bands. Um, so can you remember um, what the first album um, or single um, that you purchased and why? Uh, the first vinyl I purchased was um, Live for the Moment by the Sherlock's. So I remember I'd had a few guitar lessons at school and I always wanted to play guitar, like Back to the Future, Johnny Be Good. <laughs> that was the Great kind of thing that got me into it. But when I first started, it was kind of, and I don't say this with disrespect to people like the Sherlock's, it was all really hard stuff. And I remember seeing them on Soft AM and going to a gig and just watching them. And obviously it sounds incredible. And you know, there's a lot that goes into it, but a few of the things, the riffs are just kind of a few notes. And yeah. I remember just sitting there and going, I could probably do that. So I remember buying the album and that's kind of also what made me want to join a band. It was, you don't necessarily need to do lots of fancy stuff. You just need to do simple, effective. And then as I've grown from kind of a 16 year old who can play four notes, that album has stayed with me. Yeah. So even now when obviously I've got a lot better and I've been playing with other people and I've picked up things from them, I'll still go back to that and keep pinching things and I probably will when we do more songs in the future. Yeah, definitely. And are, are you still uh, are you still listening to the Sherlock's now? What if, and, and if you are, what did you think of the of the current release? The new album is incredible. I think obviously changing the group, I thought that's going to be a bit risky, but I think they've gone in a really good direction with it. And like I say, they were the first kind of band in this genre that I listened to. So they'll always have a soft spot and, you know, if they're listening and want some support for future, we'd jump straight on that. Definitely. Shout them, shout them out. We'll, we'll tag them in the end of this the podcast and, uh, and hopefully they'll, they'll listen out and, and, and take it from there. I think, I think they've got a UK tour coming up, haven't they, I think? So um, yeah. you never know. If they haven't announced all the supports yet, get the publics on. That's what I say. So who, um, can you remember as well, like maybe like the first gig that you ever went to? Um, um, and where and where was that? So um, I've been to a few in the past with my, like my dad and my family growing up. So Kaiser Chiefs, I've been to quite a lot, mainly just people my dad was into. But yeah, again, that album tour, Sherlock's was the first proper gig to. I kind of went with my friends and on my own. Yeah. And then from that, I think it was the DMEs when their second album came out. And 
we kind of went into everything those couple of years just before you know, the pandemic started and our last year at school. So we were at Rock City every other week. And you, you actually learn a lot just watching people live, not just listening to music. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So we've got um, a couple of quick fire questions for you now. Um, okay. Beatles or Stones? Beatles. Favourite TV show? Um, Stranger Things. And what about your favourite film? Back to the Future, the first one. <laughs> great, great choice. I'm laughing there. Great, yeah. great choice. <laughs> um, and what is your favourite crisp flavour? Oh, again, these lot are going to absolutely kill me for this, but can I go for Flame Ghost Steak? But it's got to be McCoy's. It has to be the McCoy's ones. <laughs> Very specific. Great choices, yeah. all four of them there. So... Um, <laughs> so we did um, we did allude to it earlier um, when you were doing the introductions to the band. Um, I've been dying to ask this question ever since I knew that we'd be chatting tonight. Um, I've got to ask about James's appearance on on first dates. I mean, how how did you guys find out? Did he just like randomly walk into a room and just go, "Hey, guess what"? Um, and I mean, I, I saw um, on your on your socials um, at, at the time. Um, what, what's his that he's been compared to um, to Harry Styles? I think from some of the uh, the viewers of the show. So, I mean, what's what's his reaction been like to that? He's literally just gone home, and I'm gutted because oh. I <laughs> no, he'd have been a liability for the rest of the, you know the podcast. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we met him like last July end of July, early August time, we kind of got together and started rehearsing and started planning. And it must have been about the third week of knowing him. Obviously, just this 18-year-old lad, just turned 18. And he, out of nowhere in the group chat, he'd not really put much. He was like, I've got something to tell you. No idea what he's going to say. Is he leaving? Does he not want, does he not fancy it? I'm going on team first dates. So for like a month or so, we knew he was going on it and he'd been confirmed. We didn't know when. And then I think it was just before Christmas time, he got taken out to Manchester, everything was filmed, and he came back and obviously we were dying to know what happened, and he was not, he wasn't too impressed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he told us bits, but the episode was just golden. So we, um, we all got together here and we watched it together, all of us, and kind of did like a goggle box. Yeah. So we didn't let him watch it or sneak preview it before, and... Oh, it's just amazing. I think he does he does himself wonders on there. He comes across as like a really top lad, really polite, but you can tell he's so nervous. And yeah, the, the, the best bit is obviously the girl who's on there with him, you know, she says she's got a lazy eye and you know, she's talking about her disability in her life. And James being James, no harm men, just being polite when this is my first blind date. And it's just top tier TV. He, he's just being completely genuine, not meaning any harm, but obviously to the rest of us, it was unbelievable. So yeah, we're now looking at what other TV shows we can sign him up for. <laughs> people are up saying, oh, they're saying the same as us. Who I don't know who said he looks like Harry Styles, but you know, he shouldn't go around telling people that. <laughs> I guess he's been milking that as he as well a little oh, bit. Yes, he loves it. Yeah, <laughs> get him there. Uh, he must be trying to push his way to the front on the uh, on the band photo shoots as well. <laughs> oh, honestly, it's gone to his head. I think it's, it's done amazing for him. I remember I put it on TikTok because I knew we had something. 
And um, we went to bed with it on 800 views. We woke up and he comes to me with his phone. I've never seen so many notifications. I think we had <laughs> something like 100,000 streams overnight, uh, like views overnight. And I tagged him in the comments. So people had found his Instagram and he was getting messages. From <laughs> Obviously, this 18-year-old lad getting people messaging him, oh, it was horrendous. It had all gone to his head. Um, Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, fan- that's brilliant. Love that. Absolutely love it. Great, great story. And, um, you know, when, uh, you know, maybe that'll be a good story to tell to the, uh, you know, to the national press in, in, in a few years type or maybe even sooner than that. But uh, that'd, be, that'd be fantastic. Hopefully. Yeah, definitely. So, obviously, we've, we've mentioned um, the gigs uh, coming up, obviously, at the weekend, and, then, and there's a few more, May and, and, and July and stuff. But um, And, obviously, it's going to clearly be a, a very, very busy time for you guys. Um, but but what other than that, what what's next for the publics? Um, new music. We're desperate to get out. So, the studio we use, like, massive shout-out to Simon and Jared at Electric Bear in Mansfield. They've over the last month, completely ripped the whole thing to the ground, built it back, and we've not been able to go in and have a peek at it yet, but on Instagram, I think it looks incredible. Like I say, we're really busy with exams and you know, boring down-to-earth stuff for now, but as soon as we've got free time, we just plan on all summer just being in there, getting things done, because you know the reception we've had to the new singles has been amazing. So we don't want to be forgotten, we want to just keep pushing and you know, knocking on the door of people. So yeah, that's the main thing really, just music, 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 get it out and then see what comes from it really. Brilliant. And uh, I agree wholeheartedly there. I think the reaction has been has been brilliant um, to Marathon and Hills. Um, unfortunately, Elliot, that is the end of the podcast. Um, thanks very much for coming on, on today. Um, I've had a great, a great time, um, and I hope that you have um, as well. Uh, but just before you do go, um, can you let the listeners know uh, where where they can find you on social media? Yeah, so Instagram and Facebook, it's just at the public's official. Twitter, we are rubbish on, but follow us anyway. I think Twitter and TikTok are the same. That's at the public's band, and then yeah, Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes all of that and then like you say hopefully some you know cds and vinyls soon brilliant fantastic stuff and we'll um we'll include uh those social media links in the episode bio um as well as long with the um i think there's still some ticket limited tickets available for the for the shows at the weekend but but yeah sheffield friday newcastle saturday there's a few left the two of them and then hopefully we can ram nottingham out and sell that out in may Brilliant, fantastic, and we'll we'll include uh, the gig links um, as well in 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 that bio. Um, the public's latest single, uh, "Marathon in Hills," is out now um, on all streaming and download platforms. Um, and as I say, it's a fantastic song, and and I really recommend uh, that you that you check that one out. Um, but also as well the previous uh, songs as well that, that we've mentioned um, a little bit on on today's podcast. Um, thanks to everyone who has tuned in to the latest This Is The Music Meets podcast. Um, don't forget to hit subscribe and receive the latest podcasts straight to your inbox. Um, Elliot, thanks again for coming on. And I hope to see you and the band somewhere down the road, um, uh, hopefully at a live gig very, very soon.
No, thank you very much. I'd say if you want, you know, to ask any more questions, I'd love to come back on this. And hopefully we can bring James and the rest of them next time. I'll try and make sure they're well behaved for you. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, I, I look forward to it and uh, I'm sure somewhere, as I say, somewhere down the road, we will get that sorted out another podcast with you guys all on. Brilliant. Amazing. Thank you very much.